0: All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Pursuit of Unhappiness. I'm sitting here with my friend, Nico Killips. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is awesome. I'm excited to sit down with you. Seriously, I feel like you and I always end up getting into like incredibly awesome deep conversations, so now we just have mics in front of us. Yep. This is going to be good. I'm excited. Cool. Um... Do you want to tell the folks a little bit about who you are? We can go briefly, like, what do you do and what you're into, and then we'll dive in from there.
1: Sure. Um, well, as as was stated, my name is Nico Killips, and I'm a transplant from um, the Greater Lansing area of Michigan. I'm a uh, web developer, and I've been doing that for about 16 years or so, and I've kind of just... I fell into it and I just kind of stuck it out and um, Pittsburgh presented a lot of great opportunities for career advancement Mm -hmm. and so I just kind of jumped on it and here I am.
0: I kind of feel the same way of like jumping down here almost like when you're coming from a smaller place and you're like where do I want to go next and I know you and I have talked about like moving and like knowing people where you're going and I feel like Pittsburgh is one of those places that's like, you, it's the biggest little city. Like, I don't genuinely feel like I can go anywhere without, like, running into people or, like, knowing people. So, it was, like, even for me, when I moved down here, it was, like, a good next step.
1: Yeah, in. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, like, all the Greywalker dudes and stuff. So, shout out to those guys. Absolutely. And what not? Um, cool. Okay. So, I also like starting off the podcast with first impressions just to kind of, like, normalize expressing and sharing, you know, cause I think it's one of those things that people can be very misinterpreted, but it's also interesting to hear like what people, how people perceive you when they first meet you. So I'm going to ask you first because you're my guest and I make the rules. So you get to go first and then I'll share afterwards. <laughs> okay. I'm along for this ride.
1: I'm in. <laughs> Um, so the first time we met was at that show at Ormsby Mm -hmm. and, you know, I had heard a lot about you from James, a lot of good things, of course. And like when we, you talked Mm -hmm. about how we have like deep conversations Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like it was almost instantaneous when we met, like Mm -hmm. we were, we were already starting to breach like some pretty deep conversations within the first five minutes. It was
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and my first impression of you was that you were extremely friendly, and like immediately you're like, "I'm a hugger, if that's cool with you," and, <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yeah, all right, like that's what's up, like um, we're
0: gonna be best friends, yeah, right now."
1: <laughs> and you, yeah, and you gave me a beer too. That was like oh, super nice. Okay,
0: cool, sweet.
1: Yeah, you yeah. offered me a beer right away. That's that's directly straight to my heart.
0: It Boom. is. That is the line. That's like, a, I mean, that's one of my love languages. I'm like, hey, you want some beer? Here, let's be friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think it's a. it was a really great way to meet you, too, because I was feeling in my element, you know, being mm-hmm. a, you know, being a former uh, touring musician, you know, being in the scene of, like, hardcore and metal, like it was awesome to meet you in that context too. Mm-hmm. Cause I was, I felt very much like myself yeah, in that yeah, moment. Yeah. So that was a great way to meet you for the first time.
0: That's such a good word. Definitely going to dive into all of that too, because um, you know already what we're going to talk about, but um, I think like being comfortable in your element and like meeting people in that context, we're going to like dive a lot into. So, but yeah, I, I feel very similar in, in like our meeting because James, again, Set like was always talking about you and i was just like so when i'm when am when i when are him and i gonna be friends <laughs> like set this up let's like me and then he didn't so then i reach out to you and i'm like hey we're here come here <laughs> come hang out with us and i thought that was cool because i think that's like pretty normal for my behavior of like hey and i think i don't think that's stopped in our friendship no. at all i'm just like hey Nico, what's up come on let's go let's go head down and, to
1: ruggers come on let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 and um but i i feel like it's something we're going to dive into throughout this episode but i've like i could tell you were a little bit more reserved and like quiet but the s- similar thing where i was like i could tell you were very insightful and like it was really refreshing so i was like cool we're gonna have good conversations and whatnot so i felt like that was really really cool but i uh i always had I don't know why, what, what I was on that day, where when at that same show, we saw a dude wearing shorts that had your band's name on them, the band that you had referenced that you went on tour with all the time, and I walked up to the dude, and I'm like, hey, your shorts, that guy's the drummer, and they were like, no, <laughs> they were like, we know the drummer, that's not him, and I'm like, okay, this is real awkward, but I'm going to lean real hard into this, And introduce you guys. I actually don't know what happened after that point, after like what conversations happened, because I just kind of was like, okay, I did my part. I'm out.
1: Yeah. You you (laughs) definitely made the connection there. And uh, I, I, for some reason, normally I get a little bit shy in situations like that. Mm -hmm. But again, because you kind of like disarmed me like right away, Mm -hmm. like you're super intelligent, super kind and open Mm -hmm. and... So I felt comfortable to go up and talk to them and kind of like, so you, you know, need to
0: follow me around and keep telling me like, yes, you're, you're super intelligent. You're super kind. Just remember that. <laughs> like anytime someone says something nice, I'm just like, yeah, can you follow me around? I need a, I need a reminder when I'm having all this negative self-talk.
1: I'll just, I'll do uh, I'll send you a voice memo. Okay. You can perfect. Just play.
0: Perfect. Or you yeah. can,
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I that was a really, really fun day. I didn't expect to have conversations with people that kind of acknowledged the bands that I used to perform with and started and things like that. Did really they
0: cool. see you when you played with them or were they like newer fans?
1: So I think, so the conversation that transpired after, which you mm-hmm. weren't there, mm-hmm. um, they talked about, they they knew the current drummer. Sure. And mm-hmm. like they immediately saw that I looked nothing like him. Right. And so that's why they're skeptical. But, you know, once we kind of had a conversation about the history of the bands and everything, they, they put, they put all the, they connected all the dots.
0: Yeah. 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 So Uh, like, this guy's not lying. Yeah. (laughs) That could, that could be awkward. I feel like that's very typical of me to create awkward situations for other people to then have to handle. Um, so you're welcome at the same time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, like awkward situations that you grow from. Yeah. But, like, under normal circumstances, I would probably recoil from it. But,
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I'm cool with at this point. I just want to dive into because I feel like since we met, you were very vocal about like being an introvert. And I think, like, since we've been friends, it's just been this like general curiosity because for the most part like i don't think i think when it comes to if you're an introvert or an extrovert you're, there's like a spectrum you know you're never on one extreme or the other and i i think it can be very subjective but it like it still created this curiosity because like i find myself a little bit more over on that extroverted side of things and um yeah so that's what we're going to dive into today perfect Cool. (laughs) So let's start. I think one of the first questions I want to ask about it is like, was there ever a moment where like, what was the first time you acknowledged that? Like I have these tendencies and I think it's related to being like introverted or maybe we should start with what does it mean to be introverted to you? And like, how do you define that for yourself? And then let's dive into maybe like when you kind of started putting all these pieces together.
1: Sure. Um, I, I kind of subscribe to the um, the textbook um, definition which is um, having your your energy kind of depleted with um, you know after a certain amount of social interaction mm-hmm. um, something I think that makes there's so there's a nuance to that though mm-hmm. um, at least from my perspective like in almost every social situation I will be drained from it but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy myself or I didn't take something great from it. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, maybe should be talked about a little more Mm -hmm. because I think there's this general idea of like your energy being drained as something that is just, you know, a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's, it's just something that is, there's no changing that. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy the process.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Was there, uh, so going back to the other question I was initially starting with, like, was there a moment where you recognize this or was this kind of like, since you were a kid type thing that you're like, I've been this, like this, and you knew that what the word associated with was like being an introvert?
1: You know, I I kind of, it, it, it kind of all kind of started to become clear um, when I first um, started my therapy. Okay. Um, and she brought up a lot of very good points about introversion and about like, being sensitive to different types of um, stimulation as well, like mm-hmm. being around like noisy environments, um, a lot of people can really be draining too.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so really, it started with therapy. But once once I kind of dove into that, mm-hmm. I kind of started to put some connections together about how I've always been this way, even as a okay. kid.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do you remember anything as a kid that like? you recall like when you were thinking back, you're like, I was always this way. Like any specific like anecdote that you're like, this happened and I know it's because of this, but I didn't acknowledge that I was that way. So I didn't know how to handle it per se.
1: Yeah. Um, I have one very specific <laughs> example. Um, so there, and, and it was an elementary school mm-hmm. and it was a day where I had to give a presentation to the class. And I also had, A lot of interaction, one-on-one interaction with my teacher. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot, I had to really kind of be on for a lot of things in a row during that day. Mm -hmm. And then we had to, we were rehearsing for some like vocal performance. Mm -hmm. And I remember like when I was standing up there and it it wasn't like the knees buckling thing mm-hmm. because I, I knew not to do that. Um, <laughs> but I, I found myself just thinking on all of this social activity that I had done
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: was feeling, I just felt so tired and I ended up just getting really lightheaded and dizzy and, and like really nauseous. So
0: it becomes like a physical thing for at times. Okay.
1: It absolutely does. It's Even still,
0: now, again like as an adult, okay.
1: Yep, it does. Um, now it's more like, if I have too much social interaction, then I feel like I was on a bender for three days. Wow! Like it's really extreme.
0: That's interesting. Um, I think the other question I have related to that is like, even now, or maybe even then, what does like the come down from that look like, or are there like certain things that, you do so you know that they like reset you. Whether it's like they reset you more quickly, or it just it just automatically helps you.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I'm trying to find a good balance with is um, having absolute solitude mm. for a certain oh. period of time, and that that also um, that includes like correspondence over text messages and like mm-hmm. any any kind of digital correspondence it all does add up for me and so i need a certain amount of time in the day where i don't i don't have to respond to texts mm-hmm. i don't have to take any calls i just can be by myself and do a number of things to help recharge
0: mm-hmm. do you like put your phone on airplane mode or something or are you just like no it's going in a different room and i'm not going to pick it up or like or is it like an active like? No, I need it nearby, so I know that I'm actively like, not, going. You know, like not like, reaching for it. You know, because I can understand like it. I can understand both sides. Like whatever, maybe works for you.
1: Yeah. It most of the time I'll put the phone in a different room. Okay. Because I'll be too tempted to look at it, and mm-hmm. you know, and then that just further, um, you know, it it kind of like postpones the process of recharging. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I typically will, unless I know there's a scenario where like a friend and I are like, we're having a conversation and and it's something important, Mm -hmm. you know, then I'll keep it by me. Sure. But like in cases where, you know, there's nothing critical to address with my friends, Mm. I'll just put my phone in another room and just recharge.
0: So I have two follow up questions. So I feel like do you have anything like in case of emergency type situations? So like when you know you need to recharge, but like, you know, there's probably certain people that might need to reach you, whether it's like a family or like a good friend where like, I know Nico's in this space and I know he's not going to like necessarily have his phone with him, but we need to get a hold of him now. Is like, there anything interesting, like, do you have anything in place like that?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave my ringer on, oh, Okay. you know, gotcha. and I, you know, you're like, I'll, call I'll three it. times, <laughs> and
0: I know that it's an emergency. I actually heard, I was like, just, uh, it's a page I follow, and I'm forgetting what their name is on Instagram, but it's like this couple that they'll like, they have a podcast together, and they'll talk about like their dynamic, and it's mm-hmm. it's it seems very healthy in a lot of ways, the things they put in place, but I remember distinctly the the wife of the couple was like, We, we established this, that if he, if he's at work and I need him, I call him two times in a row or something like, it's something like that. And I was just like, oh, like little things like that, that you don't think about so that if he's busy and like can't answer the phone, but he knows she calls two times in a row, he knows he needs to answer that second call. You know what I mean? And whatever it is, like putting it down. I thought it was interesting too.
1: (laughs) That's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know many other people who are introverted? Like, do you have like because you are introverted? Is this something that then you found other people are like more open to talk to you about?
1: Yes, um, I do have very close friends that are introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, as we talked about, there's a there's a whole spectrum of introversion there. But um, mm-hmm. but yes, I do have very close friends that are introverted.
0: How do you see those relationships differently from people who might not be that way?
1: I think it's it's generally a little bit easier to maintain, um, i trying to think of a good way to explain that. I think generally our relationship is easier because there's less to explain, there's less to kind of be vulnerable about from that mm-hmm. standpoint um, because I do feel pretty vulnerable when I have to kind of explain why sometimes I'm not the best with returning texts or Mm -hmm. if I just really need some time by myself and it's not personal, you know, it's just, you know, I just need to, I need time to myself. And like, it always feels like I don't want people to think of it like a rejection. Right. I worry about that.
0: I feel like you and I have had that conversation too, because I was just like, why is he getting back to me? What is going on? And then you've had, you had you to explain to me, but again, it just piqued my curiosity about it all where I'm like, okay, I can understand what he's saying, but at the same time, I was just like, okay, being forthcoming with that and like being able to explain it, I think like went a long way that we had, we had to talk about, you know, like in becoming friends and stuff like that. I thought it was interesting because like I, I had never met anyone who was like i like i distinctly i'm like i'm sure like i know people who i would consider shy that are around me that i know that when i'm me <laughs> and i'm like hey, I'm Megan. What's up? <laughs> you know, like I like, I think I described it to you. Like, I almost feel like I like have this like vomit effect on people. Whereas like, if I find some sort of connection, I'm just like, yeah, let's talk. We're going to talk all the time. We're going to like have this, like this great friendship or whatever. And then I can tell though, when people are like, they're not necessarily turned off by it or like you need to calm the fuck down. But I can tell like when they're a little bit shy with me and stuff like that.
1: You know, I think something else related to that is, um, it, I guess this isn't exclusive to introversion, but I am a chronic overthinker mm-hmm. and a lot of times I'll need to process what is said in a text message. And I try, sure. I try to think of a way to respond that is engaging, but is also, you know, very like authentic and not, I I try to find the balance of finding something thoughtful to say without overthinking it, Mm -hmm. which is nearly impossible. I'm finding.
0: Right. And, And, and you and I talked about this too, of like, sometimes you said you like talking on the phone because of that overthinking or because you're like, you don't want anything to be misinterpreted is that something that you've always felt or thought about it? So they, I mean, cause I think it's interesting. I, I, I love communications. So it's really important to me that I, I, but I find it interesting with you being so introverted that you would rather talk to someone on the phone versus like, it's easier to text or something. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think this is a, this is a good, um, uh, testament to a spectrum and how like, yeah, yeah. Everyone experiences introversion or extroversion in their own unique way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and for me, in my unique blend cocktail of, you know, um, mental illness or issues, mm-hmm. I I do fixate on how my text comes across. Mm-hmm. I worry about it. I don't want it to seem a certain way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that's why for me, it's so much easier to convey information through. Through a phone call because Mm -hmm. right off the bat, you'll be able to understand that I'm coming from a place of sincerity Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to be too short or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much, like I said,
0: tone, you know, I think tone can change things too. It's like whether you say, Hey, what's up? Or, Hey, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like literally, like sometimes you can hear everything you need to hear about where someone's at based on how they, how they answer, and, like, the more you get to know them, the more you can see those, like, differences and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the bigger things I wanted to talk about through this that uh, we discussed was, like, looking at how you process this through the lens of music, because music's really important to you, and I found it very poignant that, like, when you're a musician, a lot of the times you have to be on, yeah. you know? And I'm sure there are plenty of people that are, like, they don't have to be that person who has to be on and they can just like go in and play music, but still even so much that being on stages can be a lot. It can be overwhelming. Can you talk me through like maybe even the day of a show? Like, what is that? Like, is there anything special you have to do to ensure that like you are capable of like making it through the day, but then even so much, what does it look like when you have to do it multiple days in a row? Like when you're on tour,
1: yeah, that's um. So I think in a way I'm kind of lucky because my day is very busy as a drummer. Mm-hmm. You're setting up for quite a bit of time, and you're unloading, and um, there's there's a lot of setup. There's sound check. There's like a lot of the the actual parts of getting prepared to perform takes up a lot of time, mm-hmm. and where you know that's time where you know maybe the vocalist or you know, someone else in the band that might have a quicker setup, they might actually be in scenarios where they have to be social. Mm, um, whereas yeah. for me, since my instrument is, you know, one of the more complicated instruments to set up. Mm-hmm. I, I'm normally spending a lot of time with that part of it. You're like,
0: I'm just going to hide behind my drum set. Yeah. Look at this big kick drum that I can just crawl underneath.
1: Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Someone's
0: coming. <laughs> Let me get out of here.
1: <laughs> That's why I have 10 symbols. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have 10 symbols, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I think, um,
0: they're actually spinning plates.
1: There's, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's my style. Um, But yeah, I think, and then there's the whole, there's a whole side of performance too. And I've, Mm -hmm. I've had this conversation with a few people about how being on stage and absorbing that much energy from people, like it it would seem like being introverted, you would, you would get overwhelmed by it, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, I'm not sure if that's another direction you want to go here, but that's
0: whatever you want to do. Um, here to talk about your experience.
1: <laughs> Awkward silence..
0: Yes. Um,
1: so for me, it's never been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am performing, I, I, feel, I almost feel like a different person. Mm-hmm. I don't think about socializing. It's almost like a different language. Mm It's a, uh, it's a completely different language being on stage and absorbing energy from people giving, it's like a give and take, Mm -hmm. um, with the, with the audience. Sure. And to me, that's a language that doesn't drain me. Mm -hmm. I actually really thrive on it. Sure. Um, and then I, I try my best to be as well as rehearsed as possible so that when i go up on stage i'm not having to think about what i'm playing mm-hmm. i can just really get that experience with the crowd and just mm-hmm. feed off of each other sure um it's i i just absolutely love it
0: i feel like i don't want to take this super negative but do you have an ex- like a situation or a, a show because i feel like there's always shows that can just like get really fucked up where maybe like, because you didn't have like necessarily the same interaction that you might have had at like something where you had a really positive interaction that then you had to like readjust how you approach the show. And like, you're like, okay, this wasn't good. I did not get that energy, um, like connection that usually feeds the thing that I'm looking for here. Um, yeah, does that make sense the way I asked that? Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: Yes, and you know, in in the early years of touring and performing, you know, it's, you know, I didn't know as much as I know now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't I didn't appreciate just the opportunity to perform at all.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: have as much perspective then. And so yeah, there were there were a lot of instances where I didn't have like that interaction that I was wanting from the crowd, Mm -hmm. or maybe there's just a really minimal crowd, you know, so that happens too. And I think it just came with a lot of experience, you know, and getting a lot of practice with having to adjust, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that you experience the entire show. And over time I just grew just to be so appreciative of the opportunity to perform at all. Mm -hmm. And and so
0: it's like gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, like, that kind of carries me through the shows that are, you know, not as great.
0: Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, What happens, like, post-show, like, when, you know, you're all torn down and you have a bunch of people, like, wanting your autograph? (laughs) Because I'm sure there's, I just say that, like, oh, like, I just imagine everyone just, like, Stormy, like, Nico, Nico, I need your autograph, which I'll just do before I leave. I'll be like, Nico, Nico, I need your autograph. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that wasn't the name that was being chanted, but, um,
0: (laughs) I don't know if I want to know what name was being chanted.
1: Um, no, I no. Wait,
0: did you have a nickname in the band? No. Damn it.
1: That would have been really fun. I know. It would have been fun.
0: So now I have to come up with one that I'll just, James and I will come up to one at work. Yeah. And we'll relay it. Perfect. (laughs) And then you have to accept it. Without
1: question. No matter what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. This is another opportunity for
0: Non-negotiables. Growth. Yep. Oh, man. Remember? Remember? Megan? Ha! That's <laughs> Going on. <right>. All- <laughs>
1: in the end, it's going to be great. Just keep thinking that. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, But yeah, there were times um, with um, a couple of bands that I I was, I'm very uh, thankful to have been in a couple of bands that, you know, had relative success and, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where... depending on where we were touring, you know, we would get people that, you know, want to hang out after the show and, Mm -hmm. um, come up to the merch table and hang out and like, and this is another example of where like, that is my element. Mm -hmm. I absolutely thrive in that Mm -hmm. setting. And I am just so like floored, even if like that, anyone gives a shit,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, like, Oh my God, you want to buy a t-shirt of my Mm -hmm. band? That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's genuinely my reaction every single time, mm-hmm. which I think you know makes it easier to navigate the waters of being very introverted and having like you know a taxing social interaction.
0: Sure. So being a touring musician and I, I ask this question through the context and you can decide how you want to go with it. Does like location or environment like have you ever noticed like the city that you're in, whether you're in a big city or a small town? Um, and I, and I say that in that, like, cause you've moved, like, I know at least you've lived obviously in Michigan. Um, you said you've lived in Chicago and now you're in Pittsburgh. Um, has the environment or even like culture around the location you are affected or have you noticed it impact your introversion?
1: Um, I think that's a really good question. I haven't really thought of it so much, um. I think it really just really depends on the particular crowd that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that it's related to like the size of the city or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a different level of, um, I'm trying to think of the right way to explain this. Playing in a bigger city is definitely different just mm-hmm. overall. Um, usually it's just like we can find more cool places to eat afterwards, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then, you know, you get to just kind of sightsee for a little bit, Mm -hmm. which that changes the social dynamic too, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, In smaller towns, it's more like, let's just get to know the people that are around us right here where we're at.
0: I really want to make a side joke here and that, like, in my mind, I feel like it would be really hilarious that while you're on tour in every small town you went into, you find the most ridiculous sightseeing thing that that town has to offer and, like, make a thing of it. I feel like that would be amazing and hilarious all at the same time. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, look at Bessie over here. She's a cow that's lived 50 years. She's our town's mascot. You know, something funny like that.
1: Well, you know, or um, the big
0: corn thing. You know, like an oversized, fucking statue of a corn cob.
1: Oh, and you know, there are there are some small towns where there are attractions like that. Mm-hmm. And like my the groups I was in, we would always try to hit those up for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, even just like a few weekends back, like I went to went to a show um with Greywalker in mm-hmm. Morgantown, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name. That's the right name of the town, right? Morgantown. Mm-hmm. Morgan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Friggin' people from Michigan over here. <laughs> <I'm> just joking. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I've never I, that's one place I haven't played for sure. I've legit
0: never even been to Morgantown. Maybe you've driven near it. I've never been there.
1: Yeah, it's
0: I don't get out much, apparently.
1: Well, on the surface, it doesn't <laughs> seem like there's that much, but but it didn't even matter because we had a great time. Mm-hmm. We yeah, had a yeah. few beers and then we just kind of like explored around the area of the venue and we found some like, some this awesome pizza place. I wish I remember the name, but I mm-hmm. don't. And we just ran into some people, you know, kind of drunk, whatever. Yeah. But we had a great time just, yeah. just being around the people. That's really all it's about.
0: Yeah. I had this conversation. I'm trying to remember who it was with, but we were talking about, I think like our mutual like hometowns and how like, I know for me, it's been, I've seen people that I grew up with, like putting a lot of effort into my, to the town that I grew up in that has like 30,000 people, but they're like actually putting effort into putting like really cool things there. Mm -hmm. And I find it is very charming and I think it's really cool to see that still happen because you ca- I think it was, I was talking about Youngstown, Ohio. That's what it mm. was. I don't can't remember. Maybe it was Brian, um, Brian Howe. And I, I just think it's so interesting when people give a shit about where they are, whether it's a big town or a small town, but I think it's almost more impactful when it's a small town and you put the things you want to see in place so that you can continuously enjoy your life there you know whether there's just like because i think there's just so much bad rep with like small towns but it doesn't have to be that way because i think you just genuinely make things as you want them i mean you and i have talked about stoicism even just today and that idea of perception is everything you know how you perceive where you are and i think your contribution to that is like a huge part of that too
1: yeah, absolutely, and um, I think that it's important to enjoy the people you're around. If you can do that, you'll have a great time no matter what city you're in, mm-hmm. and just kind of appreciate what it has to offer regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of the way I see the small town shows. Um, there's there's great things about all of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're gonna put a pause here because I remember my question. Ah. I remembered it. Excellent. Uh, we've already briefly touched on this in the past, you and I, just personally, about, like, so you're a few years older than I am, and so, but I was, like, grew up on the cusp of, like, social media. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, like, how social media can impact, now I'm eating the mic, uh, how that can impact introversion and your relation to it. So I guess, is there any sort of, like history with like watching that kind of come to be and like what is your interaction with social media now? Like, do you, do you participate regularly or do you like set a boundary that you like set limits or I guess, I'm just curious, like your interaction through the lens of like introversion too. You...
1: Yeah. Um, well, because of the, the career path that I had chosen, I was a relative early adopter to social media mm-hmm. and so I, I mean, I was, uh, the, the learning don't curve. tell me
0: you created Instagram. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy. I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> um, no, but, um, I, you know, being an early adopter, I got to kind of look at, you know, there's, it, there's a really steep learning curve with it. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of like learn the rhythm of social media, and what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I was lucky enough to learn pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And there's so many posts that I just want to, I wish I could just delete forever. Because there's so many things that are just like, oh, I'm doing this today. Oh, I just mowed the lawn. Like really, like things that I cringe now. But back then, it, the tool was used as more of a communication of simple things.
0: When you What you just said, though, I feel like in a way, though... I think about human connection and like conversations that we have that sometimes our perception is that everything always has to be like super interesting versus like when you're just like comfortable with something, someone, and you share those mundane things like, Hey, I just took a shit. Cool. (laughs) Thanks. You know what I mean? Like I, I, so I find it interesting, like your perception of that, of like almost being like, I wish I could get rid of this forever. But I mean, like, I feel like social media would benefit from having more mundane things in a way because everything always comes across as like it needs to be super exciting. It needs to catch everyone's eye. But it's created this culture of people who are always seeking those like next interesting, exciting things or feeling more self-deprecating because they're like, my life's not that interesting. But yet on the other side of that, that person's only showing you once like a, a one layer of what's going on in their life, right. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with that thought. But the moment you said that, I was like, "Can we live more of a mundane life?" And and for me personally, sorry, I feel like you're about to say something. Um, that's been something that's I've had to work on so hard, because like in my journey in the last few years, like I had to focus on that so fucking hard. Because of like being super depressed, I was always seeking something better and something more exciting. And the moment I was like, oh, I see why I'm doing this. I see what I'm doing. Like the active practice that I had to do was like get excited about really mundane things. Like and that's like the everyday thing that's not exciting to anyone. But we all experience it.
1: Yeah, I wish we could go back to that too. um, And (laughs)
0: hey, we can. I mean, we
1: can. We can start something right now. (laughs) Um, But I think, well, this goes back to the career path as well. Like working for a lot of marketing agencies, you know, you're you're immersed in this kind of um, like ethos of um, content creators Mm -hmm. and every every human being is a brand oh yeah and it's i feel like social media used to be a communication tool Mm -hmm. but now it's a branding tool it's a content Mm -hmm. creation tool it's a marketing tool over everything else Mm -hmm. and it's gotten to this point where If you, if you are sharing mundane things and you might not be a figurehead in, in some industry, then it's viewed as kind of cringy, Mm -hmm. which I, which is unfortunate because I would love to be able to share things and not feel like someone might look at that and cringe. But that's the way that I see it from that lens. I, I don't really participate in social media too often
0: the punk in me wants you to start an Instagram page where you only post very mundane things, but do it like unapologetically. You know what I mean? Like three times a day, seven days a week. Hey, this is what I'm fucking doing. You know, I, I will you be
1: my hype person? Uh, yeah, my absolutely. Hype?
0: Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. Sick. <laughs> I'll do your Instagram stories where I'm like, Nico opened a door today (laughs) like something so fucking dumb. Um (laughs) (laughs) but exciting stuff. I mean, every time I open your door I'm like, Oh god, oh god, it's like so much fucking work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um No do you have like preferred platforms given like your interaction and experience and like uh you know, career, like is there stuff that you prefer or something else?
1: Um Instagram is you know the platform that I if I were to participate that would be the platform Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like that's kind of where that's a little bit more focused on um, personal brand which Mm -hmm. is something that you know I can I feel confident that like if I were to really give it some effort I could probably do well there Mm -hmm. Um, it it allows for a lot of creativity too Mm -hmm. um, and feel like a lot of like the audience that might be paying attention to anything I do would mm-hmm. be there as well. Um, maybe mm-hmm. not as much on Facebook, um, slightly different demographic there.
0: I feel the same way. I feel like, um, Instagram has always has been my choice. Like I still participate in a couple others, but I'm like, Instagram, but I think for me, it's like the visual component is like, you're still no matter what creating art in some way, shape or form. But I, I fully understand of like how we've had to look at like, social media as this personal branding and I hate it. And, (laughs) but I know, I think I've mentioned this to you, but we'll share it here and we can talk about it. Even just like, depending on our career paths and maybe that you have experience with this, like through like the band uh, or a band that you've participated in of feeling like, because social media takes out that personal connection with people that sometimes, like, are actually, I'm going to say always, like, people will create perspectives on you. So when we talk about personal branding, you have to be very deliberate and hopefully authentic in that voice. But I, I feel like throughout my career as a brewer and being in the beer industry and being a female in this role, I, I in many ways, have had to project a certain personality. I've had to project this super positive side. So I, I, no one knew the struggles I was going through, through all of that. And I think through this podcast and even just through other, I think genuinely in the last, like probably year has felt like the most genuine that I've been publicly. Um, And a lot of it has been not focusing on craft beer. It's, you know, I had to step away from that. uh, I don't know. The, like I just had to step away from it all because I felt like everything around it felt fake and like craft beer doesn't define who I am. It's what I do and I enjoy it and I love it and I like talking about it. But when you're forced into that role of being something for someone else or having to portray yourself always positively so that people will pay attention to you it's really damaging and I've had to have a lot of reckoning and luckily in the job I have now I don't have to be a public figure so I've been able to step away from all of that and only participate when I want and I think it's been really healthy for me to find that space and I haven't found a way to get back to it besides subtle ways you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like when I'm riding a forklift, I don't, I just want people to know that I ride, I drive a forklift and I'm forklift certified. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That was a lot that I just unloaded there for sure.
1: Well, I, I always get a kick out of your stories and your posts. Um, we get a lot of Bruce too, which is great.
0: Uh, Yeah. Bruce is my brand. Bruce's mom, I should say is my brand for those who don't know and don't follow me. Bruce is my dog
1: he's incredible. Yeah. That's really, that's really all that I can say.
0: But have you had then any experience in a similar vein, like through like the band or having to portray something or feeling like that because of what social media has been?
1: Well, I think I, w- I want to clarify something as well that I, I do have a lot of hang ups about putting myself out there mm-hmm. in general. Sure. And this kind of goes back to introversion as well. Um, Having kind of like dialogues on social media has mm-hmm. turned into something very emotionally taxing. Yeah. Um, you could post something really mundane and you can get trolled to oblivion for it. It can happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't need to tell you that. Like, like, we experience it all the time. But so it's my own personal hang up, which is why mm-hmm. I don't post. I would never... Like, everybody has a different relationship with social media and their mm-hmm. personal brand and how they want to portray. And I think people mm-hmm. should do exactly what their hearts are telling them to do. Mm. But for me personally, I just choose to kind of hang back and use use these platforms as ways to engage in content and keep up with my friends. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I use them. Gotcha. Um, I don't want to make any kind of like statement about it you know this is just my own personal hang up about it (laughs) sure no
0: for sure yeah so are you like i'm not going to be the social media person in any future band you're like that's going to be someone else's job yep there you go
1: i'll i'll do the analytics
0: it's good to have boundaries you're like you'll make the website do all the do all the behind the scenes stuff exactly is that where you find like a lot of safe space
1: it is, I I feel safe there, and I feel like that's kind of where mm-hmm. all of my skills kind of, um, it's kind of where they all kind of, like, come together.
0: Mm-hmm. I can understand that. I feel like when I've done Brutal in the past that, so obviously it was, like, me, James, Brian, Chad, that, like, because, like, Brian and James were, like, the most outgoing of all of us, that... I would do everything I could to make sure like whatever we had to do was getting posted and doing all the back end stuff. But I was just like, let me let the hype men over here who know how to have a personality out front, because as most people probably already know through this podcast, I can get very awkward and very weird real fast and that's fine, but that's who I am and I've accepted and embraced it here. But when I was doing the festival before I, I was like, nope, this isn't, this isn't my super comfort zone. Like I love music and I love craft beer, but like if I have to be put on the spot to like talk about certain things in a context, I'm like, nope, this is not my comfort zone. I can, I will, I will be the doer and that's where I have to like live, you know? So.
1: I mean, I've never felt awkward around you at all. So.
0: Sweet. (laughs) Don't worry. We'll get there.
1: No, I, I felt incredibly <laughs> awkward pretty much right away, in a good way, though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about, but I enjoy being awkward now. Like There's something about it that because I feel like I was always so embarrassed before that I am not embarrassed by almost anything anymore. And it's kind of amazing. I'm sure there's things that could probably push me there, but for the most part, I'm like... Pretty fucking good, and I'm pretty excited.
1: though, I I admire that about you a lot.
0: Thanks, dude. See, you just gotta be my hype man. Just have to have you follow me around. Remember, you're gonna send me those voice messages so that I can just be like, "Yep, you're an awesome bitch." Thanks. Bye.
1: We'll we'll uh, we'll, tra- <laughs> we'll trade off being hype men.
0: Okay. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. This is where this is where friendships going. So was there anything related that maybe we didn't talk about introversion that maybe you wanted to share about like what the experience is like that you're like, that you'd want people to try to like wrap their head around or understand.
1: Yeah. Um, and actually I, I'm not sure I adequately answered a question that you had, um, asked before. So let me Fucking circle back. Get to, it
0: right now. Let me so, circle yeah. back to that
1: one. Cool. Let's, let's get, get this shit right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think something that is important at least for me is to make sure that I am forthright with people about it. And Mm. it's, it's uncomfortable, but I think it's really, it's really, really important. Yeah. yeah. Um, introversion is extremely misunderstood. Sure. And, and it it gets even worse when everybody's experience is different. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I started my therapy and I started to learn more about it, um, it became very clear that I needed to be forthright with with people in my life about it. Right. Um, and and I un- unfortunately I have had a lot of friendships take hits because sure. because of miscommunications and mm-hmm. you know assumptions and just I, I guess just essentially communication breakdown. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think my relationship started to get a lot better once I started to be more transparent about that Mm -hmm. and just try to explain a little, you know, where I'm coming from.
0: Right. It can go a long way. I actually feel like if we did like a follow-up or a number two, there's probably going to be like, it'd be really cool to do almost like this round table about how important communication is because like I have come to this point in my life where it has literally, I've literally watched it make or break things with people. And Like even when you're trying to explain things, there's just like still this filter that everyone puts something through in their own mind that can totally change what your intention is, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy and awesome and 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 beautiful in the same way. But yeah, I I feel like communication is it's super important and but it's very complex, and I feel like you just knowing our conversations, you and I think would it would be really cool to break that down with like in another another episode in the future. I'll have to like think about who else would be really good for that too. Cause that'd be a really fun roundtable.
1: table. Yeah. Well, might get rowdy, might get a little rowdy, little we'll, juicy like,
0: shotgun a beer and then like, just go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. Well, we're going to dive into just a couple quick questions that may end up leaning to be longer. Cause I feel like I can't write a short question that would just be a quick answer. Um, but knowing you, I think this is a good question. Um, so what is something that you've heard from someone or maybe read that has really stuck with you and like, like what was your takeaway? How did it change the way you thought? And I guess another, we can, I don't want to make it too many questions in one, but it's just up for a conversation. Is this something that you, it could also be through the lens of like, is this something you share with a lot of people like that you see over and over again?
1: Yeah. Um, so, something that I I will always remember and um, w- was uh, this idea that was um, so it, it's from my mother mm-hmm. and she she passed away about a year ago and she was my best friend and my mentor and mm-hmm. like I've learned so much from her
2: mm-hmm.
1: and one of the things that I'll always remember is the idea of, like, you can't be forced to do anything. You're the one that has to do it. Right. And and she, she was telling me this in the context of trying to be forced to... She was put on the spot at work to come up with a whole bunch of facts and figures and data, and she wasn't given any time to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And so... The way she handled that was, I'm happy to give you this information. I need some time to acquire it. Mm -hmm. Can we reschedule, please? Right. Instead of having to struggle on, you know, her computer right then and trying to just basically like um, submit to their request right then and there. Sure. she, She found a different way. And that really stuck with me that Mm -hmm. like, it's okay to ask for time for stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. of course there's always going to be moments where you have to respond quickly, but it's also kind of a lesson in standing up for yourself and getting what you need for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was something that really stuck with me and I still, I still carry that over into my job now Mm -hmm. and I always will.
0: Yeah. I think like it feeds into like knowing your boundaries, but also like, in this world where everyone wants that instant gratification and whatnot, like a lot of the times it creates like really unrealistic expectations. And then if you can't meet this unrealistic expectation, somehow it's like you then get into like people look down on you for that. You right. know, and it's like really shitty. But I think it, it, the way you expressed how your mother said this, like it, that makes a lot of sense, and that's like really respectable in being able to set the boundary that hey, I, I'm going to do this. I'm capable of doing it, but the timeline is not realistic, so let's revisit this, and I will get it to you in X amount of time. You know, it's realistic, so that's really cool. I like that. Yeah.
1: And I think there's also empathy in that, too. Yeah. It, it, because, you know, she wants to be able to do her best job for for everyone. Mm. And in order, and in order to do your best work, you need to have the right prep time and the right circumstance. And Mm -hmm. so I I think there's, there's a lot to unpack with that, but that's something that's really stuck with me.
0: Oh yeah. That's awesome. Um, which remember this question, is there like an inspiration? I, I, it's a twofold and you can answer it however seems most fitting. Um, like what inspires you or is there a certain inspiration that you always come back to that almost maybe even recenters you? or allows you to be grounded in a way.
1: Yeah. Um, there are, there are several things. Um, I think something that, well, I guess something that really centers me are certain, certain passages of music okay. certain compositions are, I, they're my absolute go-to thing. Every time I feel like I need to be centered, mm-hmm. I need to get it together. I need to feel good. <laughs> I have to break out of this funk. There's there's a, I have a playlist on Spotify that has um, music that always, no matter what, always gets me in the right place.
0: That's awesome. I think you need to share that playlist with me now.
1: Oh, Thank it's you. happening. Thank you. <laughs> Can't believe I haven't. Yeah, that's kind of.
0: yeah. I, I feel like I always ask people to share like playlists with me or I was like, Hey, let's do like a mutual playlist. Then we'll just share music. And it hasn't happened yet, but I enjoy doing that type of stuff.
1: Mutual playlists. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I, 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 ah, this one could get deep too, but it'll be another semi rapid fire. That's what to call them. A semi rapid fire. All right. Um, And I think it's a good one for you too. like being, uh, so introverted, how do you approach hard 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 topics? topics? Like when people bring to you like an issue or whether it's interpersonal, whether it's it's work related, -related. like what are, do you have like steps steps that you do to like approach it, process it and figure out what's next?
1: Um, I do. I usually just try to slow down and try to ask questions. Um, you know, and do my best just to just really hear them out, really hear them mm-hmm. out. um, try to gather as much information as mm-hmm. I can get, get their perspective on everything and then, then we we'll go, we'll go from there. That's, that's usually that, usually, that usually leads to a, to a good pathway to resolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find. That's
0: cool. That's cool. I, can them. I can respect that. Do you, I like talking about failure because we all fucking go through it. Everyone does. Do you have like a favorite failure that like you're like, I learned so much because of this? And it you you don't you look at all, you look back on this failure so fondly, you're like, man, I'm gonna hold it like a little baby, <laughs> rock it to sleep because I learned so much.
1: <laughs> that was a
0: real weird way to say that, but I like the question.
1: <laughs> I do like the uh, the gesture too. <laughs> the rocking this huge baby. Um, I'm
0: just pretending I'm holding Bruce.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, yes. Um, I, there are a few, but the one that is very, um, top of mind is one that I made, um, when I actually first moved to Pittsburgh. Um, so I applied for a job at this, you know, pretty, pretty big agency Mm -hmm. and I went through the hiring process and you know, I, I got hired. Um, but I was also trying to take on a lot of freelance work in addition, Mm
3: -hmm. because
1: as you know, when you move, it's expensive and you have to like, you know, you kind of have to grind out for, you have to kind of grind out a lot of work until you Mm -hmm. get on your feet again. Sure. So, um, that was kind of the situation. And what, what I found was like, I was taking on way too much, wasn't Mm -hmm. sleeping well, wasn't present, um, with this new job mm-hmm. and it really impacted my relationship with my coworkers and my boss. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't as present as I needed to be mm-hmm. because I was, you know, trying to take on too much. True. And that led to a situation where, um, I needed to find a different job right. because our, our, like our relationship was really tarnished as a result.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I did end up finding a new a new uh, agency position, mm. but what I really learned from that is that I really have to you have to listen to yourself, you have to listen to your body. Yeah. And, like, I know that if I would have like taken on less freelance work at the time, or maybe eliminated it altogether, mm-hmm. and just had a little bit more faith that, like, you know what, you might have a little less money right mm-hmm. now but it's okay like yeah. your well-being is worth more than this little bit of extra money right now
0: that's a great thing to hand this on i like that thank you so much for sitting down with me i appreciate it so much i appreciate you
1: oh i appreciate you too this is uh, so fun thank oh, you so yeah. much
0: all right we'll come back for round two and we're all talking about communication excellent cool